0: Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers. I'm Lockie Bradford. And I'm Robbie Hicks. And on today's episode, we have the one and only Janine Ellis. And I'll tell you what, uh, really blown away.
1: Yeah, to be honest, oh, I'm blown away too. It was one of them chats. I know we say it a lot, but we're kicking each other under the table pretty much the whole time going, oh my God, what an absolute legend. Some of the gold that she was dropping throughout the pod, like uh, on balance and and how she's how she's been able to build her career, like the Boost story, something like David oh, Bowie yeah, on yachts.
0: David Bowie on yachts. What about the name dropping early?
1: Oh, she loved David it, Jay. What? Yeah.
0: What oh.
1: That that can't be a real story. Oh, honestly, she's lived an amazing life. I hope one day someone uh, makes a movie about her life because it seems like it would have been would have been really fun. I mean, she's killing it. Like the way I, I just can't get over how well balanced she is and and how. Honest she was honestly it was fucking awesome.
0: Shout out to all the surf coast down here too Aries Inland Fairhaven represent uh obviously Janine's sold up shop and moved up where it's a bit sunnier and warmer Mm. uh but yeah for a big shout out to us being in Torquay and another surf coast resident. Oh well ex-resident but yeah you love the community vibes you love it Janine we're live thank you so much for jumping on to have a chat for those listening at home who are you and what do you do
2: who am I um who am I my name's Janine Ellis which in actual fact I was having a conversation with a friend recently and I have a horrible name I really don't like my name Janine I don't think I identify with my name Janine but that's another subject another story I don't know actually why look at me right what would you think my name would be
0: Janine yeah
2: do I look like a Janine
1: I reckon. I reckon you do. I don't know. What are you thinking? Like a Megan or something like that? What What would you no, want? No,
2: no. I reckon just a simple J. For seven years, for seven years, uh, when I was traveling twenty, when I was twenty one, I put a backpack on my back and went overseas, and um, I got eventually. Long story, but I got eventually a boat, a job on a boat in the south of France, and end end up David Bowie end up buying it. Right, really cool. But um, the um, and yeah, I hung out with Mick Jagger and yeah, I could drop names like I could be such a wanker, right? Just
0: just drop them, I reckon. Yeah, I I could drop, them, yeah drop them all. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you might not, you might be too young to know them all, but anyway, um, I'll go back to the name dropping. Anyway, so um, back on my name, the uh, captain went said, "What's your name?" And my name, back, my maiden name's Jackson. So I said, "My name's Janine Jackson." He goes, "Oh, it's too complicated. You're called JJ." And so for the next seven years, while I was travelling, no one ever knew my name other than JJ. And so it was really weird to come back to Australia and people call me Janine again. It's sort of like Janine. It's like a... huh. So anyway, so I reckon Jay. I reckon I, I can sort of identify with Jay. But back to your question about personal brands, I now have a personal brand. I'm stuck with Janine.
1: Yeah. So anyway, well, when, you were, when you were coming up with everything and when it was all coming out, you're like, well, my I don't really want that. I want, I want JJ. I
2: did, correct. And then <laughs> and now my husband actually goes, because I've got Alice, right? Alice seriously, last name Alice, no one can spell it, right, because it's A-L-L-I-S, right, and even my husband goes, oh, I should have taken your name, so his name's <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Jackson, I mean, that's a cool name, so,
0: that's American, um, yeah,
2: Jeff Jackson, like, he should be black, right, shouldn't he, yeah, be he, Jeffy good, Jackson, uh, really yeah. good
0: at sports, so like. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: and he's neither of those, right, um, so, and actually, there's another story for him about changing his name when he was a kid, too, but despite the fact that we have, we've now spent probably 10 minutes on the fact that I haven't got past the fact that my name is Janine Alice. So let's start. Janine Alice, um, what, who am I? Um, I'm just me, you know, uh, what have I done? Uh, I've done everything from travel around the world to start a business to um, hopefully you know, do a bit of TV, made a stupid decision to go on Survivor, could nearly kill myself. And um, now I'm talking to you guys.
0: I love that. Oh, no. like, how, how did you go from working on a boat to starting, like we're starting businesses and being involved in the business world, something that you always thought you would do growing up or did you fall into it? Like, how did it happen?
2: No, mate, I was a, I'm a tech girl, right? So I tell people, you know, your age and below that I went to a technical school and they think I'm into it, but back then um, tech school was basically learning sheet metal, woodwork, cooking, all practical skills to actually go into the workforce as an apprentice. So, I never my school didn't go to year 12. I didn't know anyone who went to college. I didn't know anyone who owned the business. So 16 years old, I just went into the workforce, because that's what everyone did. And um, yeah, so I worked for um, an advertising agency in the 80s. And you guys were too young to understand that you just got pissed on Fridays and just never went back to work. And their sexual harassment was just part of it. Um, Christmas parties was about throwing typewriters something manual that you wouldn't know about out windows and having sex with everybody, right? So it was just crazy, the 80s. Then um, I tried all sorts of stuff. I worked in a gym as an aerobic instructor. I tried modelling, was really shit at that. Um, Then uh, And then I just wanted to travel. So I put a backpack on my back at 21 years old and went to to San Francisco, worked as a camp counsellor. And um, literally they're all lesbians. Right. And I'm from the birds. Right. I didn't know anything. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. So here I am surrounded by lesbians who could um, do do um, hand hand signals. Yeah. Like um, for deaf deaf people. Right. And which I end up learning. And so they actually caught them out with what they were talking about, which is very, very cool. And then um, I went and sold timeshare at Portugal and in um and literally stood on the street and sold people timeshare right it was (laughs) and then I went to a place called Tenerife and that was crazy that was a place where um, I was offered money to take cars were full of drugs and and cash across borders. I had a guy in the back of the car. That's a good job. I know it's a very
0: sustainable career, but it's only a couple of, an odd job.
2: (laughs) I said no, I did say no. I had um, guys in the back of the car trying to find a hideout because they had a contract out in their lives. It was, Tenerife, Spain was crazy. It was just crazy for a young person. Like I had a guy turn up and um, really dodgy police, right? He'd he'd turn up in our apartment. You couldn't say no, because it was a copper um he would roll joints and you know this is a place where you know you get locked up for a long time if you get caught with drugs and um he would say look I'm really uncomfortable with this and he said well bad luck if someone wakes up or we'll just comes in I'll just say it's yours it was just crazy and then so I we actually in the end we escaped um in the middle of the night on a catamaran because it just got really hairy so my girlfriend was dodgy as and she um she um, got that she had a deal with the cops where because basically you weren't allowed to do selling timeshare on the street so there was a scam where you would sell timeshare on the streets the copper would turn up he'd write your receipt and you would um, then claim that back from your, your office right it was just this big scam everyone got money anyway this girlfriend of mine bought a packet of the receipts from the coppers to then fill it all out and then got the um got the money from the business we were working for but then she spent all the money on drugs, and so she never gave it to the copper, right? And she was living with me. And these coppers are scary, like yeah. These are just a couple of stories of this place. And um, in the end, so that was why we sort of went, I'm out of here, you know. So we just literally got on the next catamaran and went to went to um, Tener- uh, went to uh, the Algarve in Portugal. But the final story on this was um, there was a whole lot of lads that. Um, as we're probably taking this whole podcast up with my my travel stories. I love but it. The um, there was a whole lot of lads. They were all English guys. yeah. So they're used to running away from the soccer crowds and fights and stuff. And so they went to their annual, you know, they get a bus up into the mountains of the, um, in Tenerife. And they got into a fight because they just did, right, back then. And any, anyway, they... Um, the, the bar guy had enough. And he said, right, that's it. You're out of here, Bob. Blah, blah. There was a big fight. They did all this damage. And so what they did was they rang up all the taxis and said, um, anyone who is going to play de Las Americas, which is where we were, to take them directly to jail, right? So there was probably 40 of them. And you know, probably half of them were smart enough to jump fences and get away and, and knew, the, knew that what was going to happen. The rest of them got put straight to jail. And they were I when I left, um, they had been in jail for three months with um, no trial. The judge was never available, um, and literally they were incarcerated for three months in a really bad jail. I remember visiting them, and um, it was tough. And it was just it was just that sort of place. And so yeah, sort of arriving in um, Tenerife was was pretty cool. But just fast track that that story is. Um, Right, getting out of Tenerife was very good. Went to the Algarve and um worked there for a little while, same sort of job. And then eventually got to the south of France. And I literally had 20 bucks in my pocket and (laughs) no ticket home because, you know, cashed it in because that was what an intelligent 21-year-old woman would do travelling on her own. And um went to the local pub, you know, short shorts, you know how you know how suckers men are for a short shorts with a chick. And um went to a pub and I got myself on a boat. In the south of france because i told them we had this huge yachting industry in melbourne and um, i was an experienced stewardess <laughs> and there was no internet it wasn't facebook no one could check that i was lying through my teeth and um yeah six weeks later david bowie bought it and so for the next two years you know hung out with rock stars movie stars traveling mediterranean and the caribbean
1: oh my that's
0: God. insane <laughs>
1: yeah. what what sort of lessons are you learning there are you going these sort of people are themselves and and they're getting to live this life like, I want to do that for me? Is that what you sort
2: of Well, Yeah, I've come from the birds, right? So for me, um, rock stars and royalty were superhuman, right? Not like us. We are normal people that just do normal things, right? They are super gods. What it taught me, which I did bring into business, was um, it taught me that people were people and that no one was better or worse than them. And, and, and so when I got into business, I never felt myself as less or more like, you know, I would hang out with people 10 times more educated than me, but I didn't feel like I was less than, and I think that's a real lesson I took from traveling was that there were real assholes that had money, but equally there was assholes that were poor. So people Uh are people, right? At the end of the day. So um, and just because you are incredibly talented rock star like Bowie doesn't mean you don't have the same fears. I remember um, there was a movie, you probably wouldn't remember, it was called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Michael
2: Caine yeah. and Steve Martin. Anyway, we were they were filming it uh, in a place called Villeneuve la Bay and that's where our boat was birthed and that's where Bowie bought it. And um, were, he was having a boat warming. And so Michael Caine, uh, Eric Idle, you know, Monty Python?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Eric Idle, um, Robin Williams and Steve Martin and Michael Caine all came onto the boat. And Bowie, I was just doing something in the galley and Bowie came in and he goes, fuck. He goes, I'm so nervous that these guys are coming onto the boat. And I went, because he hadn't met them before. They just, he just knew they were there. And, and I turned to him and I went, mate, you're a rock star like, don't worry about it. Like, but it actually was a moment where I went, wow, everyone has their own stuff. Just because you think that you are this incredibly talented rock star doesn't mean you haven't got the insecurities or nervousness of meeting someone else that is, is um, another person. So I think that was a real lesson for me.
0: Is the, that being around those sort of people? Is that one of the things that sparked the building a personal brand? I think one of the things that when, when we like, obviously we're pumped to meet you today, but like, respect where respect you like you're one of the ogs of someone in the business world who has a personal brand that like you've gone on these different tv shows you've your persona you've created you've is public facing i think that's a really interesting thing that not many people especially strong female presences have done that here and here in australia was that intentional
2: it was intentional, and it was a need. Um, So let me take you back a little bit further then. So after traveling, um, I came back and I was a publicist. And once again, I was working for a movie company dealing with um, movie stars, again, like it was crazy. Anyway, so what and so as a publicist, you understood that um, you pray for good PR, and you pay for advertising, right? So you really want other people saying good things about you. So In my DNA for the next two years, I worked as a publicist promoting people in movies. And, you know, if the public says it was a good movie, was actually people would go see it. If we said it was a good movie as a publicist, they go, of course you're going to say you paid to do that. So I understood the value of that. And my husband at the time was in radio. He worked for Osterio. And he, again, understood the value of personalities. So when we started Boost Juice Bars, we actually went what tools have we got in our back pocket and we went okay we're healthy we're fruit and vegetables but what have we got that no one else has got and that's what you've always got to think about when you're growing a brand what do guys have you guys got and for me it was I was a chick right and there was no one at the time that was really any other person really that was a really well-known woman was Anita Roddick erotic erotic Roddick uh, who did body shop and she was a really big brand in the UK. And we went, okay, what the objective was to get Janine as the Anita Roddick for Australia. And so with that, um, I was the, very much the boost, voice of boost. And look, you've got to remember, we had no money to remote, right? None. So if we could get free PR, then that was awesome. So in actual fact, with marketing, you go, who is your target market? It is, you know, whoever your business's target market. And how do I get as many of my target market to know we exist? So that's just pretty simple as it gets. So for me, it was was going, okay, I want the voice of Boost to be out there to say who we are, what we stand for and why you should come and, and buy these great tasting smoothies. And so I did every single interview I could possibly do. I understood how media worked because of being a publicist and I just got myself out there. And um, so it was basically the fact that, you know, it wasn't, I didn't really back then go, was my personal brand? I just went, how do I get enough people to hear about Boost Juice Bars and keep, keep that into their mind? You know, but equally, you know, I, <laughs> every time, I wouldn't, I don't drink drive, it's not the 80s anymore. Um, but the, um, but if I ever have a couple of glasses and I'm not sure, I always think of this headline, Juice Lady on the Juice, and so, <laughs> I, so I just go, so again, back, if you've got a brand, mate, you've got to look after it. You know, you can't go out, you know, I'm really careful what I say on me, in social media. I, um, you know, I stand for, up for what I really believe, but, you know, it, I also tempered to protect the brand that I have. But at the end of the day, you can't, um, you have to be who you are. You can't, every, at some point, particularly the amount of TV I've done, it's, you're going to find out if I'm unauthentic or I am thought authentic or whatever. So for me, as I've got older, I'm just me, like me or love me, you know? So, um, and I will piss some people off and I'll inspire other people. But um, yeah, it, it is who you are. So I think the key message out of that, people looking at to develop their personal brand is be authentic. You know, you can't fake it. You know, so if you go, I think I will tell everyone that we look after the environment because I'll get more sales, then they'll know. But if you go, I'm creating a business that truly looks after the environment and you truly believe that, then it will be authentic and people will believe it.
1: And that's about getting the most amount of eyes in the most authentic way. So people, you can go to the drawing board and go, well, we can shock people and do some things that might get eyes, but it won't be the best for the brand or how you want it to be represented, yeah? Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, correct, correct. So, um, look, people say, all publicity is good publicity. I I disagree. (laughs) Um, So, you know, so really it's like be who you are, but know that if who you are is in conflict with your brand, check whether you should be the brand ambassador.
0: Oh, I like that. I got this, my mum my sent this question. Oh, as
1: soon as she found out we were chatting with you, she just she sent us some messages, didn't yeah, she? She loves She listens loves to all
0: it. episodes. She's, it's just a good thing and a bad thing. It's just like she peppers you with questions. Like, good feedback, like, Luke. Good yeah, feedback, good, Luke. She's, a, she's an education, She's a teacher by trade. So she helps us. And she you need to fix your vocabulary and <laughs> so ask better questions. Thanks, mum. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but this question comes from, from Kathy Hicks. I'll, I'll rally it out. If you're, what bits of your life would make your highlight real?
2: You know what's funny, you know, it's sometimes the small bits. Like I love playing games. I love playing um card games. And it's just those nights where, you know, my kids are, you know, your age, um, and then I've got a, a 30-year-old, a, a 24, a 23, and a 12-year-old. And um, and I would have had kept having children, but the clock stopped. Um, the I think the the highlight reel would be won't <laughs> say that one. Um, the um is is really sitting around with my family and actually playing cards and then wanting to be there, like really wanting to be there. Or, um, you know, Samuel got married. I've got a hippie, is my oldest son, is a full-on hippie, you know, basically kills his own food to eat it. Apparently roadkill is fine if you get it fresh, just so you know. What? You, yeah, uh, but there's enough roadkill on lawn. Oh, mate, <laughs> you should see Some, my son.
1: Sunday uh, roast would be a bit different, wouldn't they? we you got, you got a <laughs> bit of dead rabbit. Mate, yeah. There's
2: nothing wrong with a good roux. Nothing wrong with that. Have you had it? No. Personally, it's not my sort of thing. Um, Yeah, so he's, look, full on, Yeah, lives off the land. He married a woman with four kids, had two more. So at 30, he's got six kids. (laughs) And he doesn't like loud noise, which I think is ironic. Um, What was it? Oh, so my highlight reel. Okay, so I would say... um, I would say... You know, the first time I well, I really felt like we actually probably overseas, you know, I did a deal in Dubai and um, it was crazy, you know, I was sort of this, this young girl with long hippie hair, um, working with the, the guys in the long white dress, you know, and actually cracking a deal, which was a ripper deal, you know, so I felt, you know, that was a real highlight. Um, I think, you know, Samuel getting married which was, was really good um, yeah it was a re- it, we did it actually at Fairhaven uh, literally not the surf in- club yeah no not the surf club we've got a do you know the Mad Max house yeah we that's our house
1: yeah, that's what we're gonna. We had that next up. Yeah, like, and two. so we had it.
2: At, we had it at the Mad Max house. For those who are going, what are you talking about? The Mad Max movie was filmed at the house that we've had for twenty years in Fairhaven, and um, it's a it's it's a great spot. That so we had we had the wedding there, and we had some of the locals to you know make do it up as a boho. It was really cool. So that was a highlight. Um, you know, having babies, you know, that's a highlight in a negative and positive. Negative when the paint is painful. Positive when they come out. Um. <laughs> the um and what other highlights um oh there's so many getting voted off survivor oh my god I was so happy I was so over it
1: um what was that experience like do you get do you get flown to a um hotel after that where you can just eat what you want and watch the rest of the show like what what happens
2: no 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 it's like look it's really it's really quite bad really so you basically starve yourself for 44 days for me and then um and then you, they literally put you in front of a feast of more food than you can. So now, as, as a person who knows about diet, if you go from a fast, you need to come out of a fast slowly. <laughs> but they just went, eat whatever you like. So it was crazy. And then it was like, see ya. Oh, no, we got, went into actually Jury Villa actually after that. So we um, basically, and well, because I was, was six days before the end. So I was 44. And, and um, I think there was six days or maybe four days before it actually ended. And so you basically get together with, hang out with the guys you've hung out with on the island and um, just have a blast. So, you know, it's, and, and trust me, people come out with um, mental issues. It's hysterical.
1: Well, it seems like a crazy thing to put yourself through. Like, I'm looking at all this, like, even sass stuff, and people get belting each other, and you're going, fuck, like, it just looks intense. Like, it's for our entertainment. Like, I'm entertained. But... I'm entertained. But i do not signed up to a show
2: where
0: someone can punch the fuck out of me, right? you yeah. <laughs> know?
2: Not me um, either. No, no, I wouldn't do sas.
0: Really TV. I was talking about Shark Tank. Like that. that well, I did, love Shark Tank. I'm a big fan of Shark uh, Tank. Too. How did that all come about? And like, why did you want to be involved with that?
2: Oh, look. I think that in life, you say you should say yes before you say no. I think you just should have a philosophy of that. People say no and then they find to keep in that safe zone that, oh, nothing changes, so I can don't I don't have to fail because I said no, or I don't need to have this experience because I've said no. And you know, what happens if you know this goes wrong and that goes wrong? I'm the reverse. I go, I'll say yes, and then until I say no, until I, I have a real reason to say no. So look, so Shark Tech was great fun. I mean, how would you, you know, for someone who loves business, to have people stand in front of me and teach me about all these different industries and all these different products, it was so cool. I got to hang out with, you know, four of my mates. It was, it was brilliant. And people fussed over me and gave me coffee. It was so cool.
0: <laughs> Get oh my the royal treatment, yeah, just yeah. now, thank you. Unlike
2: where any... they freaking starved you. <laughs>
0: what were some of the, like, were there any absolute shockers or anything? Like you don't have to name names, but like, is there any things that came to you at Shark Tank that didn't make the cut on the show? And you're like, how did Probably. you even get in the room? <laughs>
2: yeah, there was one, right? So anyway, this guy, so we're sitting there, and this guy comes in and there's all these um, statues, like face statues, like on, on sticks, like statues of people's faces. And um, we thought, oh, okay, this is really interesting. Anyway, he <laughs> come in, he goes like, my concept is um, death masks. And we went, Oh, what's interesting. So he said basically when your loved one dies, we put a mask on their face and then we put a stick in it and you put it on your mantelpiece. <laughs> right? So you all just
1: got the checkbook out and just said, hell yeah, let's let's do that.
2: And um, we thought that, we actually thought that th- then we looked at these faces and they were young faces, old faces. And I just went, oh my God, all these people are dead. I mean, that was, it was really confronting. And then, you know, Naomi was crying and we were speechless. And in the end, we found out those people were just, you know, their friends and family and they were all alive. But, <laughs> but it was sort of like, we kind of went, uh, not for me. Thank you. Apparently, it's a thing in some cultures that when you, you know, your, oh, your little old grandma dies, you can have her on your panel piece.
0: Oh, I've said, I reckon you, if I die, you can stuff me. I you reckon they're they're taxi keep, keep the podcast going. I'll just sit here like this.
2: Perfect. You can do. What's that? What was that movie? That old movie that was funny, um, where the guy died and they just had, they kept him hanging oh, around.
0: Weekend at Bernies. Is it
2: Weekends of Bernies? That one. Weekends at Bernies. Yeah, he do that. My <laughs> like husband said that he wants um, when he, when he dies because clearly he'll die first. Apparently, he wants to be in the coffin when people turn up, and he wants a string, and so he does this. And waves to people, so someone actually pulls it.
0: You're gonna make it funny.
2: It doesn't matter. I'm going now anyway. Why not?
1: But what, what about some of the things that you look for in young, inspiring, like uh, entrepreneurs who come with ideas? Like, is there certain things that you're, you're like, yeah, I like the way they just throw themselves in there, the fearlessness? Is it that sort of stuff?
2: Yeah, it's pretty clear actually. There's two types of people in the world, and we can, and actually, all of us can fall into both categories, right? They are the verbs and the people who choose to soar. And I ask questions that find out which they are. So verb is a person who was a victim, right? You know, poor me, I never got the right ideas. It was everyone else's fault. Um, They're entitled. I've been in this business for 10 years. i just, I deserve this. You know, I'm entitled to to all this. They need to be rescued. they, They never even stop to think of a solution. They just try and go to people to help and they blame everyone. Like it's, not my fault that this has happened. Not my and you hear it like you might even hear it in yourself sometimes when you sort of rock up and go, I'm entitled for a good wave because I've got my wetsuit on. I'm up here, right? Mm, so,
1: so um, that sounds like you <laughs> actually, hey?
2: burp, right? And then the other the other type of people are the people who choose to soar. And the people are solutions-based, right? So, for example, you rock up to a wave. Oh, Jesus, there's nothing here. Right, okay, where is the other place? I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to get on my web. I'm going to find a solution to the problem of no waves. Take ownership of it, that if it's your fault, the power of making it your fault is incredibly powerful because as soon as you say, it's not my fault, then there's nothing you can do about it, right? Oh, not my fault, right? Whoops, right? But if you say it's my fault, if everything is your fault, you can then take steps to fix it um the final two is accountability and responsibility like it's um you know you're responsible for your life and your outcome
0: so it takes a, someone who's pretty strong in self-reflection and self-awareness to be able to to practice those things that you're talking about because if you don't have those skill sets you can't begin to start saying, looking inwards and go well that's my fault or that, I should take ownership and accountability for, for my own actions is that right
2: uh, totally and look don't get me wrong I've I've got verb moments when I've cracked the shits about something and go boo-hoo and then I go, Oh, I'm being a bit of a verb today. And then, you know, and then I'll adjust my thinking. I mean, people think you, you think a certain way, every thought you have in your brain, you can rethink.
0: So, so in saying that, what's been the, the favorite thing that's come through shark tank then if that was the, the death masks is one that shocked everyone, put everyone to tears. What's been the favorite thing that's come through shark oh, tank for you? You
2: know, uh, in the lots, the one I got, the, 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 ones I've gotten. Not a lot of them kind of really did that well. Um, damn it. They're okay. Uh, probably the one I like the most is scrubber wash bags. Ooh. So basically do you guys um, camp or surf when you go surfing or find waves or I'm yeah, assuming you, you put, put them, them in there, or... there and you do
0: your washing in the bag. I think yeah. I watched that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Really good. So that one's that one's probably been a really good one. The guy's great. Ash is amazing. And um, so that's probably my, one of my favorite ones.
0: Ooh. Unreal. Unreal. To, or take us back to start a boost. I'd love to hear the story of like, where did the idea and concept come from to do like, we love. Yeah.
1: Boost. What was the OG smoothie? Like, what was the one where you're like, this is, this is going to be gold. The strawberry uh, squeeze that's off its head.
2: Yeah, no, it's good. The biggest one's actually mango magic because it's just mm-hmm. so smooth. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, you know, as, look, as I gave you a quick uh, rundown on my past, as you can tell, I didn't do university nor did any business school. So in actual fact though, that actually enabled me to not give myself any um, limitations to what I did because I didn't know anything. So, because when you don't know anything, you think you can achieve anything. So, so when I started Boost, I like we opened um, I, the idea came from I was in America. The category had been going around for about seven years. And I liked the category. And so, when we came back, we went, right, okay, I'm going to do it how I think it should be. And you always approach businesses what you want for as a customer. Like, we didn't have anything 20 years ago. There was nothing that was even remotely healthy out there in the marketplace. Um, so, yeah, for me it was just sort of going, okay, I can create something really healthy. And so by the time I had um, uh, started, we'd sold our home to pay for it. Um, about three years in we needed some cash, so we just sold the home, which, uh, you know, that was sort of with the support of my husband. But I had, at that stage I had three kids at home um, and then we rented um and so we were all in right there was it was it had to it had to work and then um and then we just yeah so between zero and four years we had 100 stores
0: Crazy.
1: yeah because you yeah. went franchise like the franchise sort of part have you done that before
2: no I didn't even know what franchising was I didn't know what debit and credit was I didn't know what a cash flow was right so you yeah. just you yeah, but you but the thing is though the meaning of life is learning um, and you know learning from you know what you guys are doing with the podcast learning from books learning from other people you know school is in some respects just an a teaching you an ability to learn um, and actually us, most people are better students when they leave school than when they are at school um, and you know God if we could be a bit more practical in school that would be good too but anyway so learning really comes I think. I firmly believe that a, a formal education will get you a job, but it's actually self-education that will make you a success.
0: Oh, big fan. Something we talk about a lot on the, the podcast, is like, and, how, yeah. what are the, some of the things that you look to at the moment? Is there anything that you're particularly learning or any sort of content that you're putting your head deep into and consuming?
2: Look, I think it's interesting. Really, most of the learning and most of life lessons come from how you think and your attitude. Um, the new earth um i think it's echo tolly i just read that recently which i really liked it because it talked about you know how you can talk yourself into or out of things and i think that was a really good book um really weird book for me to read but i really liked it um about you know when i need when the peak of stress of boost this uh, i went to a health retreat so that was my only way of keeping sane and i picked up this book called and just so you know i am nearly anti-religion i think that it's religion is created by humans and i really think that it's bad but i actually feel like i'm spiritual um and i read this book called conversations with god which is so not a book i would pick up but literally it was the only book that was there at this health retreat was either that or me looking at my toenails and so i am and this book was um it actually it actually whether it's freaking talking to god i have no idea right but the um the book itself and the premise of the book was awesome. It was really, I found myself nodding, agreeing, and really it's about what you say to yourself. It dictates who you are. So, for example, I'll just give you one line. And um, you know how you say, I want, right? I want a good surf. I want this podcast to be successful. I want my girlfriend to be hot. I want whatever you want, right? And you, I'm sure your girlfriends are hot, right? I'm positive, right? Um, <laughs> but if you change the word from want to i am as if it's happened you've already been grateful for the outcome it's really different because what i think the universe gives you is the feeling if you want something it'll give you that the feeling of wanting right and the more you want it the more they'll give you that feeling of wanting but if you then turn around and say i am then um it actually does change how you think. So, you, so for example, I might go, "Gee, I really want to be a yogi. I want to get on the mat every day, and I want to do it right." So instead, I say, "I am a yogi. I get on the mat every day. I swim every morning." Like instead of going, "I want to swim," like I want to, you know, it's good if I could one day, you know, like. So I think of that really that that being grateful before it happens. And being the I want, not I am. Not I, um, I, it's being the I am, not I want. It's just a s- subtle change, but give it a go.
1: So it feels like you're like living, you're actioning your stuff so you feel better about what you're doing in the morning. Like if I am that, I, I'm that is me. That's that's what I'm doing. Like it just correct. sort of, yeah.
2: Yeah, correct. And, and every thought you have, you can change. So if you go, oh, I'm in a shit mood, right? right. Oh, I'm freaking, oh. you, can, you can actually have a day like that or you can go you have the thought um oh, actually no I'm not what am I grateful for today oh my god I'm gonna jump in the ocean oh my god I live in Torquay I mean yeah. oh my god I have a hot girlfriend like you can kind of go you can actually change any thought process you possibly can and people go oh, it's not that easy it's actually that easy
1: yeah, you can create your day. Like sometimes I'll, I'll like you pick us up in the morning and I'll be like, if I barrage him with all the stuff that's like stressing me, it's going to make this day the worst day ever. So yep. maybe I need to hold back and just like, that's not the, let's have a good day today. You know, like <laughs> it's a little thing. It's about self-awareness though, isn't it? It's about yep. recognizing like, oh, I shouldn't do that.
2: Yeah, or Rob can turn to you and go, are you being a verb today?
0: Yeah, true. Well, there you go. Oh, we're, we're both have, we both have our turns <laughs> of being grumpy. Yeah, I think that's a real thing. That but I want really. to talk about some of like marketing tactics. I still remember like, Name day, you get you get a boost. Oh yeah, like, things like that. Like, where do those sort of ideas come from? Like, are they like I, didn't, did you pick them up from somewhere, Are they off the straight out yeah. of the brain.
2: Look, my um my husband's he, as I said, he worked in radio for twenty two years, and you know, radio is basically selling something that people can get for free. Like, it's hard, and um, so he's he's definitely an incredible marketing guy, and he basically said, "What has everyone got?" Right. And we went, "Okay, what do they got?" They got a birthday. Okay, they've also got a name. So we went, okay, everyone's got a name, right? And so what we wanted to do is make something really noisy. So we said, okay, we'll create a game called What's Your Name Game. And so what it was, was it wasn't actually that... So we'd say, okay, there's two people each day, um, Rob and Susie. Um, And so we'd go out. And so it wasn't the fact that we gave away 20 smoothies to all the Rob or Roberts in the world. What it was, was it was actually everyone texting or emailing or SMSing or whatever communication, Rob to say, mate, get into boost. Get into boost or forwarding it to friends. or and as you know in social media, it's all about sharing, forwarding, talking about. And so we then got this real dialogue happening with our customers telling all their Rob friends or, um, by the way, Susie, it's you tomorrow calling Susie or wonder if it's Susie or Suzanne, I wonder if we can, you know, scam it somehow, right? So it, so in actual fact, it became a very noisy promotion. That's what we're looking for is noisy promotion. The outcome of, you know, the sales was what it was, but it was actually getting us on the, on the map with noisy. We gave away a store because no one had before um we just was we just tried to what we get we put Vegemite and smoothies just because you know you just have to be noisy if you just and also be generous you know 15% off oh who cares 15 wow I wouldn't get out of bed for 15% off Uh, right mm. so you know if you're going to do it do it hard
0: Oh, I like that. Noisy. I just, I just love, because it's like one of those things, like that's a perfect word of mouth referral thing. You got people who- Like you know, Dropbox, Sean Ellis did the word of mouth thing, wasn't it? Well, oh we'll, yeah, a we, we, we had a dude called Sean Ellis who built like, he was like the head growth marketer at Dropbox and Eventbrite. And like, he talked exactly, the biggest thing for them was their referral program where they, if you are asked a mate to come and join Dropbox, you got extra storage. So then the more people you asked, you start getting all this extra storage. So it sounds like you did the same sort of thing with the, the name things like people are doing your free marketing for you. Cause they're tapping. Hey, time for a boost, time for a boost. And, and like you said, it
1: is generous, a free one. It's not like, Hey, you get 20%. Oh, cool. You know, I'm still have to spend and and mm. all that sort of stuff. Do you have these sort of different ideas in, in a little black book or is it just like, as <laughs> things go, like do you have ideas that just come to you on the fly and go, we could, we could do that.
2: I think quite often ideas come from having a curious mind and putting yourself into situations where you actually can, um, do things. So and quite often we, you follow people who you brands and people that you really like, and they might do something that just triggers a thought and that then goes down to another path. So what's your name Going That came from my husband's head, but um, there are other promotions that you went, Oh, they did that. That's actually really cool. We could do something similar, but it's twisted. It's a tweak on that. So it's, you know, there was one promotion that we, I really liked and it was a, um, so it was like, it was, I don't know, I can't remember who did it. It was somewhere in America. I think it was Nike. Actually, it was Nike. So basically, the concept was you went to a booth or you got an app and it popped up and it said, you have a free pair of Nike boots right now if you get to the store right now, right? And as you go to the store... Every minute you take to go to the store, it goes down. So you've now got 90, you have to pay 10%, 20%, 30%, 40%. So it actually made you run or get to the store as quick as you can to get your offer of your Nike boots, right? So, but it was just all those those fun things that people talk about it. And, you know, so it's just really like, you know, what what are your ideas? You know, how can you use what people, how people live, like social media to really really, um, engage and get your customers talking?
1: Well, how do you test that? Like, do you do a little run of stuff where you like, oh, we'll see how many people sort of react to it? Or is it just like, well, we've got the idea. Let's just fucking run with it and see what happens.
2: B. Yeah, yeah. pretty much do it. And the, yeah. what you do is you, you, um, you do, when you think you do, you do and then you have an Irish wake. Okay. What worked? Or if it didn't work, mm, that's shit. Okay, what do we learn from it? What do we take, what what elements worked and what elements didn't? And if it all was failure, the best lesson is we'll never do that again, right? Yeah. If there was elements that worked, okay, how can we imp- implement this into another scenario?
0: What have been some of the like the challenges or speed humps that have stood out along the way of whether it's building boost or doing some other things that you're doing? Like what have been some of the things that you've been like, fuck, I have to rebound and, and change how I do things or I've got to really tackle this in a new way?
2: The hardest ones is always when you um, don't hire the right people for your business. They're always the hardest because you're dealing with emotion, you're dealing with often lying and deceitfulness. Often people um, or people want to do the right job, but they don't want to tell you that they're out of their depth and so you don't find out that they're any good until a lot later and then there's a disaster. They're probably the hardest ones because I don't think people, no one wants to, well, the occasional person is just bad, but no one wants to be bad. Um, So it's just sort of managing that is probably the hardest the hardest things that i've had to deal with during my time if it's out of that you can sort of solve nearly anything
1: well like what about when you're onboarding new people like when you're looking for an identifying people in there is it is it the similar vibe to how you guys are or is it like technical tests or is it a mix of everything to make sure you get the right person
2: well first and foremost you know if i hear if i hear anything in the interview that makes them that i think they're a verb get see ya right? I don't want to hear that their last job, their boss was an asshole. I don't want to hear that their last job, they should have got a promotion and they didn't. I didn't want to hear that they would have got extra sales if it wasn't for the weather. You know, I don't want to hear that. As soon as I hear that, I go, thank you. Right. See ya. Um, what was the question? I lost the question.
1: Well, it was just more around like, what do you look for? Like, like, yeah.
2: Okay. So that, um, the other thing I look for is, um, different types. Like, so do you play AFL? Yeah, well,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Right, okay. So yeah. you can't, you know, do you know Ned Reeves? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So Ned Reeves is playing for Hawthorne. He's a, he's a local guy down he's a at giant. Prairie, And he's over seven foot, right? His brother's a shorty. I think he's six foot 10 or 11, right? And, you know, Justin, who we spoke about before, before we started, is the six foot seven. So he's ginormous, right? Um, he is going to be a great ruck. But if you had a whole team of six, seven foot people, it'd be a crap AFL team, right? So you actually have to have the fast wings, you have to have the tall rucks, you have to have the great defenders, you've got the straight kicker attackers, you need to have all of those elements to win. Same with business, right? You have to have the analytical that is, you know, crazy boring, doesn't understand these creatives at the side, You need the IT guy who is an absolute introvert and hates people, right, just wants to be in the IT world. You need um, the creatives that are really noisy but, oh, my God, they are on the edge of either getting fired or promoted any day because they're crazy. Um, But you need all of those. But most importantly, you need all of those to respect the others, to go, poor, I'm a creative. Thank God for you accounting people because you all do that stuff that's really boring or Um, I'm an accountant. Thank God for the IT people that don't like people, you know, to, to make sure that, you know, everything works effectively. So it is really critical. I think that a lot of business people hide themselves, which is the wrong call.
0: What about how quickly when you, you recognize that they're not the right person you mentioned before, that that's been one of the challenges of navigating those relationships. Is that a skill that you learned over time to like figure out how to move people on or how to make sure you've got the right dynamic in those team environments?
2: Um, to be honest, sometimes I think I'm the queen of it and I have this sixth sense and sometimes I just think I'm shit at it, right? Because you go, oh, my God, how did I pick that person and they've been so bad, right? Mm. It's the ones that talk the talk are the most dangerous. You know, they're the ones that you go, oh, they have everything under control. It must be fine. Hmm, something seems wrong, but they seem very confident, right? They're the ones you got to watch out for. Um, yeah. And I think you really need to put systems and processes in place To monitor people, first and foremost, you get three to six months to actually see if they're any good, right? So make sure in your contract you have that really clear, because for both parties, because sometimes it's a not that's right wrong job for them as well. Um, The second thing is make sure you have very clear KPIs, because if you go, oh, they're no good, well. at yourself first have you given them the the right um support the right information the right structure the right tools to succeed so i think the key thing with um, managing people and you think it's not working pick up the mirror first and then if you think yep i've done tick 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 yep it's not me then you can then start to um put the mirror away
1: so it's respecting other people's roles it's like hey like like what you said how you get them to like this whole machine wouldn't work if it wasn't for these types of people in all these different areas and okay. is it is that why like values and stuff like being authentic is that why is that sort of the pillar and what what makes them all sort of connect and and feel that they you know that they're, they're lucky that old mates in accounting and all that sort yeah of no stuff?
2: correct i think the key thing is that even though someone is an analytical and someone's a creative right or someone is you know a um a, a techie right um or one's a great leader it doesn't matter if they're left brain, right brain, you want them to have fundamentally the same um, ethics or the same view of I'm honest, I'm reliable, I am, um, I am a person who really looks after my teammates, I really, you know, I, I am a good person, right? So you've got to get that first, right? So I think you have a no bullshit, no wanker person. A policy in your business right and that's sort of one that you you know you might even have the you know pull shut radar or wanker radar um on your on your list not probably that politically correct these days but anyway um, you might have it in your head maybe so there's no written evidence that you think they're a wanker um, but you uh so i think that yeah you, i think you make sure you, you get that the fundamentals right i personally think right and this is what i found in the millions of people i've hired people from new zealand are really good often Right. People like
1: Kiwis too. I don't know why. They're just, our business partner for our consultancy is a Kiwi, and we were just we like, like her yeah. Too. yeah, she's good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the Kiwis, I like Kiwis. I like people from the country uh, because I find that they are regional, right? So talkies probably a good to. because I think they just, they're less entitled. They're, you know, particularly if they've worked on the land, they've gone, I appreciate every day when things go well because oh my god seriously farmers I take my hat off to them Jesus what they have to go through you know finally they've got a bumper crop and they have they've got a bumper crop of mice you know yeah. it's bloody hard oh, how
0: crazy is that at the moment
1: but- I saw them I'll seen it's 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 taken you saw out. One last I saw night. one last night and I was like oh my god like I hope it doesn't rain soon <laughs>
2: I know it's it's pretty bad. I mean, and I don't know I don't know the answer to it. I mean, there's it's um they just don't get a break. And so I think that resilience that comes with being on the land gives them that work ethic that if they're from that family that make them really good employees.
0: Well, resilience is a good segue for my, for the next question, which is around our our partner of the show is heaps normal, non-alcoholic beer. And the question we like to ask people who come to the show is what's your version of heaps normal? What's the thing that you turn to when you need your batteries recharged? That gives you some energy back in your life.
2: Um, Probably my heaps normal is my yoga um, and my swimming. So, um, I I find that that is my saviour and it has been my saviour since for the last probably 15 years. So it really makes my body strong, my mind strong. um, The pranayama, which is breath, um, really does manage your your core nervous system. So yoga is my heaps normal. The other heaps normal, which is probably, I've only been doing it for the last probably eight weeks, is um, swimming in the ocean. And we know what time of year it is. And um, so I, um, mind you, just just saying, having come from where you've been and knowing how cold the water is. Now I'm just living in New South Wales. It's a little bit more manageable. Like my face. I'm sure, doesn't... the wetsuits
0: might not even be out. You know, like... <laughs>
2: know, seriously, like they get in the water. I go, oh, it's a bit chilly. You go, wait, this isn't chilly. Like when I when I go in the water in winter in uh, Fairhaven, I feel like my head and face is going to fall off. Because that's the only thing exposed, exposed. I've got my gloves and my foot and my hat and you've got this little face and it's like so cold. <laughs> anyway, despite that, so, um, so every morning I swim and my morning goes like this. I go, um, oh, it's a bit chilly. Oh, the wind's up a bit. I maybe will not do it today. And then I'll walk down to the pool. It's an outdoor um, in New South Wales. I've got all these outdoor pools. And then I, literally as I'm standing there going, oh, the sun's out, there's no wind. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll think about it. And as I'm getting the wetsuit, I'm still going, oh, really, do I really want to get into it? And then I put my toes in I go, oh, my God, that's so cold. And then I change how I think, as I said before, and I go, actually, it's not too bad, even though I know my head it's freaking freezing. And then I, and I swim. And then I um, use a... Um, I, I then try and get really good podcasts that inspire me. And and at the moment, I'm going down a bit of a spiritual path. So I go down the like New Earth with Tolle, or, um, you know, anything that sort of wants to inspire that inner inner ego in me. And I then swim, you know, 20 lengths of 50 meter pool and um, come out and complain I'm too cold.
1: Oh, my God. Well, well, tell us about like you've been doing meditation and stuff for like 15 years. Like did it come to a point where you're like, fuck, I need to really de-stress here i need to fire because you would have been in in the thick of things when you you would have been like firing on all cylinders yeah
2: i am shit at meditation absolutely crap at it i sit there and i just go oh for god's sake this is over yet right so i'm not a very good meditator but i'm but i go back to yoga and yoga is my meditation because i can actually move as well as i'm meditating so i probably work that which is better um so yeah it's sort of the moving meditation that i go to more than meditation and i can't remember the question again
1: I was just like, when, when you, like you said, you started yoga and stuff 15 years ago, like when, like, when did you realize that you needed to sort of recharge and like not be all in, you know?
2: Right. So I was, um, I was 32 when I started boost juice bars. uh, So a little bit older than you guys now. And um, I had three little kids. I had a kid, a little one on the breast. Like he was seven or six months old. I had a little two-year-old running around a little boy at school. So three boys and, um, and I was starting Boost Juice Bars. I think Riley was i was probably, was probably six weeks in before I started the, sort of the Juice Bar journey. Um, and um, and so I, from 32 to 40, it was a blur, right? I had seriously, my hair touched my bumps. I never went to the hairdressers and it was just this curly, crazy woman that should be naked running in the bush, right? <laughs> I um, And I was just on this massive business learning curve and every single day, you know, I hated paying legal fees. So I'd spend... My time. If I was with a lawyer, I would make sure I ask every single question on the contract. So next time I had a lawyer, I could spend less time because I knew more. So I was constantly like, "Good luck, any lawyer that knows more about trademarks than me, right?" Um, and litigation. I mean, you, and so in that those crazy you know, eight to nine years was um, just a little reboot. I mean, I remember one time I was sitting there going, "When was the last time I actually stopped to eat?" actually worked it out was four days i actually hadn't eaten for four days and the reason being is i was in my body had then gone into you know this fight and flight i was in that zone all the time so and so i played netball and i look back at photos when i was probably 40 and i probably look 10 years older than i do now purely because i was just rah you know but in fairness That's what I had to do to get the business where it was. You know, if you wanted to be the best, you have to sacrifice everything. I didn't see friends. Um, I was probably a really crap wife. I was an average mother, as my son told me. Um, Apparently I wasn't present. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) And then um, he loves me now. And um, And then when I hit 39, 40, I had an epiphany that I wanted another baby. And um, so I was sort of like, oh, and I don't know whether in some respects it was a a reason to stop this madness and then reset and nurture And I think I need to nurture myself and it needs to nurture something else. (laughs) But the problem was that um, even though I wanted a baby, I actually got my husband had a vasectomy when I had my last son. I went, no more, no more children. So when I called him, I was in South Korea doing a deal over there and said to him, "I want another baby." He went, "Sure, no problem Thinking, ha, good luck with that, honey. I got no sperm." <laughs> and then, um, by the time I'd come back, though, I'd booked him into a microsurgery to get it reversed.
0: <laughs> oh, gee. Well, he said
2: yes, right. He said yes. So, yeah. um, so he went in and um, and he got the um, reversal done. And then that didn't work. So then, um, and I'm a firm believer on you never give up. So then, I we did IVF. And I, so I sent him to another surgery to get the sperm taken out of his little testes just so if you ever need the help, let me know. I'll tell you how to do it. And he said he was, he said he was in the surgery and he didn't want to be put down because he thought if anyone's holding his knackers, he wants to be aware of it, right? <laughs> so And they said that they went in with the, with the needle to, to extract the sperm. I'm sure you're squirming. And then the, the, apparently the the uh, medics were really had a great sense of humour. They'd, they'd sort of go either up or down whether they got it. <laughs> So I went in first, and it was sort of like that. Eh, nah, sorry, didn't work. Thumbs down. And then, um, and then he went again. And they said, "Look, mate, if we don't actually get the next one, we're gonna to have to go into this other area, which is really painful." Oh,
0: I feel and, it. Makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, so they, so then the last one they went in, they sort of got the thumb and they sort of hovered, hovered up and down, then went up. And so they got the, <laughs> so they got the little teddies out. And um, yeah, sure enough, at forty-two, I had another child, which was Talia, and then. From then that was, to make this very long story short, because it was a question about 12 minutes ago, um, that was a time when I had my, it's time for me. So it was 40, 42, I took up yoga, I took up surfing and I was determined to surf every single day, even in the winter of Fairhaven. Um, So, and I took up tennis uh, and I took up horse riding and I started to try and find a more spiritual me. And so, yeah, and so really, for the last um, so many years, uh, that has been my journey.
1: But it's hard to like looking back; it's all like in hindsight. But like back at the start of boosting that, you couldn't have that. You probably didn't have the time to do all that. Oh, you probably could have set the time, but like the trade-offs, real, isn't it? To to be the best and to be huge, you have to sink yourself right into it, don't you?
2: Yeah. Look, anyone with little kids knows that it's not about you for a long time, right? And so I had not only did I had a little baby called Boost Juice, I also had three little kids as well. So there was no time for me. There was no time to go, oh, let's go and do something for me. <laughs> you know? yeah. But right now, right now, seriously, I have a toner body. I am fitter and I'm healthier than I've ever been. I probably feel better now than I did when I was in my 30s.
0: That's unreal. We're we're, we're halfway through 2021 now, which is pretty weird and scary to think that half half the year's already gone. But what's on for the rest of the year for you?
2: Um, Look, I've moved to the New South Wales. I've gone, I wanted to, um, I had, um, COVID was a big um, rethink for all of us. And um, the first time we did lockdown in Victoria, I was actually, yeah, I know you're going to feel sorry for me because I was locked down in Noosa. Yeah. I
0: know.
2: I know it was hard for me, you know. yeah.
0: yeah. Um,
2: and um, so, but really we went there for a weekend and then the world collapsed and we would end up being there for four months. But those, that four months showed me a life that you can have that is different to what I had in Melbourne. And the life was literally get up, go for a surf, um, go for a walk in the national park, come back and do crisis meetings because I thought my world had collapse because of COVID, right? And so in actual fact, I went... You can manage stress if you actually have that other, which is nature and water. And I'm one of these people, probably similar to you guys, that I'm not happy unless I've got a bit of sand sort of between my toes. Mm-hmm. And um, so we went, right, okay, that's what we want. You know, we don't want to live in Melbourne anymore because it's we can't, it's, it was too far, an hour and a half to Fairhaven was just too far. And also weather played a big part. And also Daniel Andrews kind of gave me that little push I needed. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not being political, but anyway. Um, oh, yeah. uh, and so, so then we went, all right, so we're still, we still need stimul- mental stimulation, business stimulation. So we can't, my sister lives in Avalon. So we went up to have a look at Palm Beach in Avalon. So, um, and we went, yep, yeah, this, this ticks our boxes. We can get in the water every day. We can go for a surf. We can live in nature. You know, this ticks our boxes. And um, and so, yeah, so we, um, we made the move and we've come here and we've, we're six months in. We still haven't found a house, so we're still renting. But, um, you know, but seriously, I, I, I rent on a beautiful place called Clareville, so it's still nice. But, yeah. yeah, super keen to sort of get uh, ourselves established, which would be nice.
0: Well, thank you so much for jumping on and letting us pick your brain. It's been unreal to chat and it's been so nice to meet you.
2: No, my pleasure, guys. And uh, so what are off to the Aries Inlet pub. It's my favourite place
1: oh we, well we haven't been there in a while actually we weren't there for a year's yeah, a couple of years ago but yeah I, I do like the pub there it's been
0: a bit yeah there was actually a few cars there the other week but um i think that once this next restrictions lockdown down on uh, open what thursday today yeah, tonight yeah,
1: like today tonight or something whatever yeah.
0: is when we're recording this hopefully i'm telling you, last weekend there's so many people flooded down here considering we're not meant to be in anyone's meant to be anywhere Car there was parks cars full. woolies
1: yeah. was full yeah woolies was, like, oh, was full <laughs>
0: what's going on there
2: and the 25 kilometers might have been 125 something like that yeah pretty (laughs)
1: loosey-goosey but we feel pretty lucky like you were saying like just having that water like because we're busy pumping out work but having that escape to just being able to just duck there like if you i I was thinking if i didn't have that it'd be so hard you'd just feel trapped wouldn't you
2: yeah well there's something about i don't know where it's the ions or the minerals or whatever there's something about being in the ocean that just gives you that energy boost to be able to sort of just get on with the day like if you're in a bad mood just jump in the water
0: Mm. yeah Oh, 100%. I'm going to get a this afternoon. But other than that. It was, just... it, was, uh, it was funny you were mentioning kids. He's just about to have one. Yeah, so My, my wife's yeah. pregnant. She's due at the end of the year. So
2: uh...
0: all systems go and world's busy and <laughs> trying to start a couple of businesses and do <laughs> yeah. shit. <We're> like, fuck.
2: <laughs> well, all I can say about that is there is for, for having a kid, there is life before and life after. And so, and it is, and a bit laugh after is good, even though it's you suddenly, you know, have to, it's all about them and they are freaking needy, right? Um, It is like, it is just the best. So, congratulations. It's such a cool journey, the next stage.
0: You know, we're but, excited my wife's stoked we're just everyone in the family's happy a free babysitter we're free babysitter i don't know if i trust you the baby, <laughs> oh, but you know mate, whatever <laughs> please, mate.
2: i think hey. the final advice i give you on babies is um let them live in your world not you in yours so for example if you sort of go oh we can't go camping because the baby <laughs> go camping you know <laughs> if you want to go jogging go jog like don't stop your life
0: Mm. I like that oh, advice. That's... Everyone's been giving me like everyone's trying to shoot the fear of God through me. It's like, <laughs> all good. I'll be right. <laughs> Fine.
2: It's not that hard. I mean, how hey, hard would we'll...
0: be? Hey, Al Bradford. What do you reckon?
1: Oh, JJ Alice. She was on fire, wasn't she? I hey, do not. I. I didn't... have you ever thought what name would you have? Do you think you look like a Lachlan? No, I always wanted something. My parents were going to call me Lane, which I thought was way cooler. And I was like, fuck, I wish they called me Lane. Because Lachlan's a bit common and boring a little bit. That's too long. Change your name, I reckon. You reckon? What about an adult name change? It's a bit weird, isn't it? What what would you go with? I don't mind my name. Yeah? You don't look like a Rob. I reckon you look like a
0: uh, Tom, something like that. Tom, (laughs) have a listener, Tommy, like the Rugrats Tommy. Remind me of him. Anyway, if you are listening, you like our episode, like this episode, we drop guest pods uh, every Monday, Thursday, snacks pods coming at you hot Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and deep dive segment we put in every fortnight comes out on Friday afternoons. So love you and leave you.